Have you heard about Cell AED? It's the world's first mini personal defibrillator. You can keep it at home, the office, or even your sports bag. Cell AED is game-changing technology that you can use if someone has sudden cardiac arrest, which can affect anyone from kids on the sporting field to adults at home. Sudden cardiac arrest happens suddenly with no warning. You only have minutes to get the defibrillator on the person affected. That's where Cell AED comes in. You can help save the life of someone you love. Every home should have a Cell AED. It's really a lifesaver. Learn more at CellAED.io. That's C-E-L-L-A-E-D.io. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. This week, we continue our Monaco series. Whilst on a super yacht in Monaco, I caught up with Tema Hassan, the ultimate bad guy on UK film and TV. I hope you enjoy this interview. Well, welcome here. We're on sitting on the back of a super yacht in Monaco. Can you believe that? And I, look, I'm here with an actor. Now, this guy, talk about triple threat. This guy has more threats than John Gotti. <laughs> Fuck me. Like, <laughs> unbelievable. Superstar. Temir Hassan. Welcome, mate. Oh, good to be here. Thank you. I call it entertainment. Well, no, but... I just call it threats entertainment. It's just entertainment. But, but, you're such a violent man. Oh, mate, you're a good man. But you're, like, you're, you're a British actor, British um, best actor. known... Um, for your role, opposite Danny Dyer, um, the Football Factory. Football Factory, yeah. the business. I've done six films with Danny. Wow. Yeah, Danny, we uh, we dominate the British film industry for a little while. Can I ask a question? I watched that show called um, Who Do You Think You Are? And and apparently he has royal blood. Is that true? Come on. Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> Got to be a stitch he's up. Not, he's not going to like this, but... <laughs> I reckon every single person in the UK has got some kind of a little bloodline there. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. because it's Danny Dyer... We have to celebrate it, don't we? It's Danny Dyer. It's, you know, he's something. He's something. Uh, I don't know, 180 next to the throne or something. So, so, and he's dining out on it as well. Well, I've never met. I've never met the guy, but he seems real. He's, he's real, isn't he? He's a real. He's a beautiful human yeah, being. He seems he's that way. So much Man, fun. You can tell. Easy to if you can't get on with Danny, you can't get on with anyone. Yeah. He's such a lovely and funny. So Tam, I'm not allowed to swear am I? So, really mate, said the F word. Then, I, so. I've got a sporting background. Um, yeah. played cricket professionally. Yeah. Um, also played in a rock and roll band called Six and Out. Nice. We weren't great. We got signed to EMI Records. Was you better than Russell Crowe? Of course. Sweet. Forty odd foot of what? Yeah. <laughs> but um, but so I've got three kids now, and um, so there's three rules that I have with my kids. Education non-negotiable. Yeah, I want them to play a, um, a team sport, a team sport so yeah. they look after others, and I want them to do an art so they just understand different people. Good. So you, you, you started in boxing before you went to acting. Yeah. Talk, talk me through that. Yeah, uh, great with, with your kids. Though. I, I, I've kind of got that as well. Uh, I like. I always sent my kids out to learn three sports, not one. Three different sports a yep. day. Find the one yep. that you're good at. And all great athletes have got two good sports in them. Of course. They? Yeah. Um, Boxing, yeah, boxing for me, uh, it wasn't a choice. I never wanted to be a boxer, but growing up, I was born in the 60s in uh, in London. There wasn't yep. a lot of immigrants there. There was there was the Cypriots, the Irish, and the West Indians. Yeah. Um, and well, we, was that New Cross? You, New Cross, yeah. yeah New Cross, Old yeah. Kent Road, South East London. Most of the Turks migrated to North London, and they're still there, but my mum didn't want to be around them. She was a bit of a hippie chick, and she, she was like, even by her name, she went, I refuse to call my kids Ali and Mustafa, and I'm not <laughs> sitting in North London with all the Turks. So she went to South East London, and we grew up there. But it was a it was a tough time. It was very racist. Um, I say racist. I don't like using the word racist because I, I had 
black geezers calling me the n-word and beating me up it was just a really weird really? yeah it was a really weird time to be alive you think time to be you a think kid ignorance, ignorance was ignorance, part of that and kids are spiteful aren't they kids are yeah, more they spiteful are, right? than men uh, grown ups they just don't understand but for me and I was a very rebellious kid I mean if you look at me now I'm six foot three and a and built like a, uh, yeah. built like a fridge, and um, <laughs> but, but then I was I was very small, chubby little Turk, pure white I was, believe it or not, with loads of air, and I'd get bullied, but I'd, I had a big heart, and I kept fighting back. So is that why you started boxing at age ten? Well, my mum put me in there. My mum started me off. My mum put me in there. There's a there's an old friend, a family friend of ours called Ginger May and he was the boxing coach he was very much like Mickey out of Rocky yeah that guy roll up in his mouth could do a hundred sit-ups you know smoking with a whiskey old school strong man took every kid under his wing every kid under his wing yeah and my mum went to see him she said I don't know what to do and she took me to judo I ended up beating up people on the mat it was like yeah. it just I just couldn't be bullied anymore so I kept fighting back and then she, he went give him she, she, he went give him to me and the minute I went in that that boxing it wasn't a boxing it was a church hall yeah, the minute okay. I went in there, it was, it was as if I just calmed down, because you're getting hit now, and you, you're learning the discipline, and you know you you're starting to do as you're told. And I, I, he put me with my big brother; he used to bully me a lot. And I, I think I, I, I did. I broke his nose. Um, oh yeah. And he went, "You can do that." But was that was that brother. the first sort of group of people that you felt like you belonged? Yeah. 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 I'm glad you picked that up because yeah. you don't feel you don't feel like you belong anywhere. And it's weird because, and this is what eliminated. Uh, racism for me the age of 12 I went to Cyprus our motherland my mum took us to Cyprus I was about 12 years old when we first went there and I thought you know what I'm actually going to be accepted here so we've gone to wow. the village and I thought this is it I'm going to my motherland I'm not going to get called names the minute I landed the second day the village kids called me an English bastard and beat the shit out of me <laughs> So, so, you so, so the, the thing, racism just went. It's just kids being spiteful and, and just horrible. You know, it's, I've interviewed many um, ex-sportsmen um, and actors and, and musicians. I've had you know, guys like For Me Excess on my show. Sure. Um, well, when people normally talk about something that comes from their youth, there's when they say it, there's an underlying hatred. I, I don't get that from you no, at all. Not, it's just not like, at all. Not, not I one have, bit. I have no regrets. Listen, growing up. Oh no, and I really believe that. Yeah, no, growing up, it was tough, and it was, you know, I remember my my favourite song was "You Ain't Heavy, You're My Brother," and I yep. sit and play, and I I was always about just being mates and trying to be mm. accepted and it's difficult when you're a foreigner in a, in a foreign land when it, well, I wasn't a foreigner in a foreign land I was a Brit you know I was yeah, born there and I was a Brit and it was just difficult of that time but growing up if if I didn't start accepting it and I'm, I'm very good at working things out I'm yeah. putting a shoe on the other foot and I have been like that since I was a kid because I've had to adapt and that's, so a, that's just, survival so yeah so I, I work it out and if it doesn't if it doesn't meet somebody else's understanding, I make it understandable in my own head, and that's enough for me. So I tell myself, this is what it is, and that's wow. what it is. And I put, I learned at a very young age to put people in boxes, and, and uh, uh, you know, an older, yeah. wiser man. It was not, in, coff not coffins. Not well. <laughs> not, not boxes. Different sort of boxes. But yeah. in my mind, boxes. Metaphorical boxes. Me meta metaphorical boxes. And if you're, <laughs> if you're continuously a liar and a piece of shit, you go in that box. Yeah. If you're a great person, you go in that box. And so then I know what I'm expecting in places and yeah. scenarios where I go in, so it doesn't bother me anymore. Do you see what I'm saying? Mate, you, got, you, got, you got a great attitude. So before we get to the acting stuff, yeah. so I said you started boxing at 10. By 17 years of age, you won two British titles. Man, how'd that feel? Good. Yeah. Yeah. Did, so 
from the age, the boy who was age 10 to then 17, what was the big difference then to you? Did you feel that you were... Nine, I started yeah. being disciplined and understanding discipline. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's it, it's discipline. Yeah. And understanding, you know, what... And Ginger May was, he was like a father figure. He wasn't just a boxing coach. He would make you understand what your actions create the ripple yes. effect it creates on your parents and your Boys, mom, man stuff like that and i was very rebellious as a kid i got knocked over i must have broke every bone in my butt i got knocked over nine times if i was like 12 because my mum used to say you're not allowed out and i used to jump out a window run around dogs chasing me getting knocked over i got knocked over I got run over by a milk float for crying out loud. Jesus. L literally, but I've, I've run across the yeah. road, the one-way system. I remember my mum screamed, oh, no, 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 I've run across the road and I've slipped. And the milk float went over my leg. And it stayed on my leg. And I remember I had a big scab on my leg. And none of the kids in school... milk. None of the kids in school would come near me. they called me the boogeyman. I was, just, I was ostracised, like, no one coming. because I had a big scab on my leg. I just want to pick up one point you said there. We've just met, but... Um, I, I, you just said you're 55, you're, you're a grandfather of two. Yeah. Those lessons you just talked about, did you use those with your kids? Yes. I bet you did, yeah. I did. My yeah. son, I, my sons were, I had a little bit of a, um, a lay down. I had a majesty pleasure for yeah. fighting. I was a bit of a tear away and uh, went to jail and my son was conceived on my home leave, believe it or not, when I was really? 20 years old. Yeah, this is an exclusive. Not a lot of people know this. Wow. I'm happy to talk about it. I've, I've freed my my regrets and yeah. my actions of what I did as a young, so I'm free from it now. So I'm happy to talk about where I'd hide things all the time, but I'm not. My, my son, I had him when I was 20 years old, my best friend. Uh, I started fathering them from the day they were born. Oh, I had a rule, gaga, gugu, never, never did any of that. Yeah, yeah. Raised him hard, had yeah. my daughter. Uh, One rule in my house, don't disrespect kids. your mother. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so One rule, that's I said, it. at 17 you won two British titles, yeah. then you got injured. Then, then, then you turned to what I'm going to term the, the, the school of life. You've done your you, work, you, you, start, you opened up restaurants and nightclubs. <laughs> oh, he's done his work. I like it. Um, yes, I did. I, I'll, I'll run through it because otherwise we're going to be here forever. Um, I'm enjoying this, mate. But yeah, bless you. But um, we did the boxing, got through the boxing. That taught me discipline, um, respect, and calmed me down because when we was a kid you'll probably know yourself when you're in a box when you're a boxer people leave you alone yeah and yeah. the girls love you yeah right the girls love win, you win. you can always say that you know people of yeah. our, our time that was it boxer girls people leave you alone don't touch yeah. me as a boxer which bizarrely from the time after a year I didn't get my medical and I trained and then when I first started fighting I actually didn't want to hit anyone no because it's not nice being hit because you're in that gym every day and it fucking hurts, doesn't it? So you, you start thinking, yeah. if I hit you, I'm going to hurt you. Yeah. And if you hit me back, it's going to hurt me. So you yeah. kind of go like, no problem. And then people kind of leave you alone. But then it, I, went, I went and did what I had to do. And then we stopped doing that about the early 20s, mid-20s. And then I started nightclubs and restaurants. I was actually a painting decorator before. Jesus. Yeah, I was a painting decorator. My... my uh, See, see that, that, that now that's one role I don't see you being no, patient enough to do. And a good one. Really? Yeah. 
like gold so you, leaf. You're, you're very precise, eh? Oh, you? mate. Do, do you hang your, your clothes and you cover it in, in you color? You have no idea. Color coordination. <laughs> even down to fabrics. I'm good at this shit, mate. Even down to fabrics. <laughs> cashmere yeah, yeah. goes with really? cashmere. And all your shoes are in order? Go, go down yeah. and look at the cabin. <laughs> I love it. Go down and look at the cabin. They're all lined up on the floor. Go in the car, all done. And I have to unpack <laughs> as soon as I land anywhere. I feel like I know you more better than anyone. <laughs> yeah, I, hey, and, but, and I don't think that's a bad thing. No, it's a great and thing. And that comes from my father. A discipline. My father would wear a suit. A beautiful tailor, two-tone, yep. tapered suit to walk to the shop to buy a newspaper. Yeah. You'd, and and you'd so you, never know, you never know who you're going to meet on, on yeah, the way I, out. I agree. Like first impressions last. So now now we get to acting. And yeah. so, well, just before acting, you, you said downstairs Night that you, you, you'd loved, you loved rugby as well. Yeah, I played a lot of rugby. I, I was, I, thought, I think I was quite good at it because I played in the Barclays Sevens when yeah. I was a kid. I went, I got a scholarship and went to Haberdashers, yeah. which is a private school. And... I was probably one of the first ones to get. I, mean, I think the gradings were one one ones, two two two, three three three. I got a one one two, and you needed a one 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 to even get considered for a scholarship. But when I went to see the headmaster, Mr. Walker, my handwriting was so beautiful. I used to write with ink and a Fair, flat nib, yeah. and I used to write. And he said, "Your handwriting's so fantastic." I couldn't draw for shit, but no. my handwriting, I used to really write. I was the same, actually. I used to flow yeah. my writing. You know, with flat nibs, yeah. you remember the ink yeah, yeah, yeah. pens? And I used to really take my time. And he went, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pass you, and I'm going to give you a scholarship for your handwriting. He said, you got the two, but I shouldn't read, but your handwriting's really good, and I, and I think you're going to be an asset to the school. I wasn't. I got expelled about 30 <laughs> times. Poor man. But, 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 but he let me in, and it opened doors for my brothers and sisters, because once you're in, they're allowed to come, and they kind of get a straight pass in. And I went down, I, I started, I shot up at the age of 15, 16. Right. And I was like a racehorse. I was yeah, always, yeah. Yeah. I was like 11 stone two. Yeah. I was lithe, a light yeah. wire. I was yeah. fast. I was yeah. wiry. I was yeah. strong. Powerful. And then I started playing rugby, and I was playing in the first sixteen. I was fourteen when I when I was playing with the wow. Seaformers, kind of illegally, but legally. And then they, I got up to, uh, I got when I played in the Barclays Sevens with them. But my passion was always football. I always used to want to be a footballer for some reason. Uh, and we didn't. Did have your no family football. own a club at some stage? Yeah, so? we're, we're, I own Greenwich Borough Football Club. Wow. Um, for quite a while for 15 years um, and I actually bought it because Kent that area they were a little bit racist when I was growing up and I used to play for a lot of Kent clubs and I played for them and I'd get on I'd score a goal and then they'd sub me like sub the sub and they, they oh, kind right. of they kind of but I, I was so resilient and so in love with the sport I didn't want to let it bother me people going what are you doing you're being abused and I went I don't care they, they, been, spell, they spell that county name wrong don't they yeah, yeah. it's just like <laughs> and they do things like so, so you know what I did I went and bought the club. Yeah. And fired all of them. So you're the original Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> I went, no, but I went and bought the club <laughs> and got rid of the whole committee. All of them. Gone. No, mate. And filled the club with Turks. Brilliant. <laughs> and we went and done a lot of send offs. We went and done the double. We went and won everything. Yeah, we went and won everything. Mate, so, so what a great story, right? So you've gone all through that. The, the young kid that was sort of tormented at school goes yeah. to the boxing to defend himself, gets some self belief. Then he goes into, you know, become a champion boxer, gets injured, works in nightclubs. You end up in acting. Like, mate, yeah, no, how do you get from there to there? It's a mad story. That's do, do, do you think without your upbringing you could ever become an actor that you are today? Ooh, I'm assuming No, not. 100%. 100%. My, listen, you can't go to school yeah. and learn how to be a villain. No. You can't. Do you enjoy you being a villain? You can't. <laughs> I'm too ugly to be the romantic leader. They're only going <laughs> to give me the bad one. But I always say there's an art in killing and being killed. Yeah, yeah. 
And that's not easy. For an actor, you ask any actor, there's an art in killing and there's an art in being killed. And I think I'll do it better than anyone. Um, but for me... What's been your favourite role of all time? You're in Batman Begins. That was a small role. Yes, I what? took that role. That was a tiny role because I'm a mad Batman fan since I was a kid. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Is Batman a superhero? What, what's his special power, apart from being rich? He can fly, can't he? Can he? Yeah, well. Uh, don't know, anyway. No, 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 I, I like it. I like, no, I like that. Let's, yeah. let's get into yeah. that. I like it. Yeah. What is his superpower? He's a bat, isn't he? Yeah, he had a little mate. Strong Robin. as an ox. I mean, he picked up Tom Hardy, didn't he? He had a nice car. Picked up Tom Hardy <laughs> and slung him across the, across the cars, didn't he? So he's a strong boy. Um, did, did you have um, read comics when you were a kid? No, I wasn't no, a comic either. man, I wasn't a geek, I wasn't a collectible, I wasn't a man who collects things. I was very driven towards what I wanted. I was subconsciously manifesting things before people even knew what manifestation was. If you look at my house, my mum would tell you, my brothers would tell you, everyone had, I mean, I did have Madonna up on the wall because I fancied the pants off of her when I was a yeah, kid. I think we like were, everyone yeah. else did. Um, yeah. Desperately Seeking Susan, Lucky Star, all of that. She lost a bit there towards the end. She, yeah, yeah, well, I was done by then, I was I yeah. moved on. <laughs> She, she only had about two years on my wall, then she was gone. I don't hang about him. <laughs> he knows. He knows. Yes. But I, I would have properties. He's got a big wall at home. Has he got a big wall? Yeah. Are they all on there? Yeah, they are. Am I on there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not on there. I don't care. <laughs> uh, so I, I would always have cars. Okay. I was obsessed with cars, properties, and that was it. Yeah. I was always obsessed with big houses. No, sorry, boats as well and jets. I was, for some reason, a kid that comes out the flats, that's, I was a little street rat. I was a little poor kid. But that, it's sad, right? But, it, but it's almost, it's, a, it's, a, it's like self-fulfilling prophecy where you, you don't mean to do it, but it's like... Yeah, yeah it's, it's subconsciously manifesting it. Yeah, I want it. I've come through it. Yeah, and, I, and, and I've I'm, all, I'm a boy done good. And I, and I remember when we used to go, I'm a Millwall supporter because I'm a great believer... Can I ask about that? Yeah, support, I'm a great believer supporting your local team. And then we couldn't afford to go in. But years ago, at half-time, they'd open the gate and let you in. But at first off, there was a hill that we that we could climb up and we'd call it Jew Boys, Jew Boys Hill because we'd all stand up there and watch the first half and then run down and they'd open the gates and we'd go and what, it was the old days of the territory. Yeah, yeah. But I always used to watch and I said, look at these players on that pitch getting cheered like gladiators. Mm. And I always wanted, I remember very vividly, yep. I always wanted to be a somebody. I always wanted to be someone. You've definitely done that, mate. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but I never wanted to cue. And it wasn't a look at me, it wasn't like I'm... Um, it was just something I always aspired to be. I always felt I was different. And I'll tell you later on how I knew I was. I always thought I didn't belong. It, you know, it transpired later on that my father who raised me wasn't my father. Wow, man. My mum kept that secret for 27 years. Um, Jesus. So, and I, that was what it was. There was something. Have you met your real father? Can I ask that question? Or you have to I didn't that? want to meet him. Okay. He, he was disgusting to my mother. He yeah. broke her back, put her in a halfway home. Horrible, I was mate. six months old. My brother was three years old. And it was a recurring thing what the piece of shit did. He did it prior to us and he did it yeah. after us. So I didn't want to meet him. I was like, you ain't my dad. Like, go away from me. Because yeah. he actually called my nightclub and, and my brother picked up the phone and blessed my brother. He was uh, an alcoholic at the time. And it really affected him, my mum said, later on in life when he left because he was three years old and he had a relationship mm. with him. And he's got on the phone, he said, he said, it's your dad. He went, oh, dad, dad, it's me. It's, it's like your son. And he's got him, because my brother wasn't anything. He's always something to me. But because he wasn't a stature, he was like, oh, that's, that's give not, me that's not a dad. And I, yeah, I just got on the phone, I said, what do you want? He said, yeah. I want to see. I said, if I see, I'm going to break your back. Yeah. 
Good on just you. like I did my mum. Are you okay with that? Because if you yeah. are, come down. Come down, mate. Yeah. Never heard from him again. No, I'm sorry to hear that, mate. Yeah. No, it's all right. Listen, listen, there's never anything that I will tell you today yeah. that I ever worry about or people like my father passed two, two years ago and people go, I'm sorry. And I go, it's fine. It's, fine. it's, it's funny, it's like fine. Um, when you said you, you, you follow Millwall, yeah. two names come to mind Vinnie Jones, yeah. Fighter. Yeah, the guy who went from sport aggressive to tactic. I know. Timmy Cahill, Australian, who started his career there. Yeah, and Timmy started by kicking the shit out of people on the football field, and he made his name at Millwall. Timmy Cahill is a very good friend of mine. Yeah, and and I love Tim. He, a good friend he's, of mine. He's too. over in. Uh, he's over in uh, Qatar. Yeah, the yeah, Qatar. Right? Yeah. I see him at the World Cup. Yeah, and we had a we had a nice Superstar, hug. Yeah, and we we looked after him when he was a player. Yeah, he's tell a good, you. good guy, mate. If you see him again, just oh, say. Oh yeah, we well, really good mates with my love. brother Brett. So yeah, always, yeah. He's, he's a wonderful human and what a player. Yeah, really good player. Tearing tearing chunks out of people, but yeah, boy, he's passionate. He was an Aussie. They, Aussies are built that way, didn't you? Yeah. You ain't going to beat an Aussie. They'll die before you beat them. Do you know what I mean? That's well, how you we're, boys we're, are built. Yeah, we're pretty tough. We, we tough give boys, it a go, yeah. yeah. That's the way you do And it. that's how he is. And uh, and Vinny, yeah, I've known Vinny for many years. I don't know where you're going with this, but... No, no, look, look man, I just want to end with... Um, so we're here at Monaco. Yeah. You mentioned you love cars. Are you excited about the race? Very excited. Yeah. I, who, who do you think's going to win? <sighs> Verstappen, unfortunately, I reckon. Yeah, I just want Lewis can, to come can back. Can Lewis do it? He's, he's won him, it three times. Come back to his he's won it three form. times. I know, but I love Lewis. He's just, yeah, blame the car, blame this, blame that. He's due. Yeah, three or four years I just want him to, because I'm terrified that he's going to call his retirement soon. And he, you know, when you when you when you've been following someone and loving a sports star, like Beckham and all these yeah. great, and they retire, and it's just give him a decent car. Heartbreaking, yeah. yeah. But is it the car? Ain't it the car? Is it this? Is it that? Everyone's got an excuse. Lewis, just win, please, for me. Just Lewin, I just want to. But the guys, yeah, Verstappen and them boys, they're just, they're another level, isn't they? And it's their time, and I do believe that with racing, it's, if it's your time, it's your time. Oh, 100%. Well, tell you what, Tam, that's one of my favourite interviews I've ever done. You, you Thank are you. a really nice fellow, mate. Yeah, you're easy, you're easy to talk yeah. to. You're good, you're good at what you do. Thanks, mate. Pleasure was all mine. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Afternoon Sport Monaco series. Don't miss an episode. Find us wherever you listen to your podcasts, on YouTube or any of our social media platforms, afternoonsport.com. If you're ready for your next thoroughbred racing adventure, then join the Osher Group. They exceed expectations on what racehorse ownership should look like. Australia's racing industry is enjoying unprecedented growth. Through a strategic, well-managed and data-driven approach, there is now a very real opportunity to build a profitable and sustainable thoroughbred portfolio. Find the Osher Group online at theoshergroup.com.